Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware. It's another Morph Monday, and we're breaking up the depressing news of the pandemic with some depressing books about genocide. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) I'm Em. And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we read, it's kind of, um, it's part of the Animorph series, but it's like a supplemental standalone standalone supplemental type book called the hork bajir chronicles Mm. which features none of our favorite bandalites except tobias very briefly um and it was very good but it It was got us super good but i did cry (laughs) i texted em i was like i don't know if it's just because of the coronavirus or what but Damn, this book about genocide really got me emotional. (laughs) I think knowing how easy it is to make me cry about stuff, I probably would have cried at this book anyway. But yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely the fact that like I'm currently going into week three of not having touched another human being is making me feel a lot of ways. (laughs) Uh, But you know what? We're all coping, I guess. We're all, we're all getting through it. We're Animorphs all getting is here. We're going to try not to harp on the situation. We're going to be posy and talk about some Animorphs. Yeah, just close your eyes and pretend it's three months ago when everyone was just like, they were like, oh, isn't Christmas a great time of year? Can't <laughs> wait for 2020 to roll around. It's going to be just so, such a great year, such a great decade. So glad to kick things off. And my favorite podcast hosts are here, Anna and Ed, to talk to me about my favorite middle grade science fiction series, Animorphs. Can't wait to hear what they've got. Today, it's the hork Chronicles. And, I mean, we also record these somewhat in advance and somewhat out of order, so, like, I'm trying to think when this one's coming out. Maybe by then, like, this whole thing will have been a hoax from the crooked media. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh oh man i guess let's get into this book yeah let's talk about it um so it's kind of set up in a frame story but only just barely uh tobias goes to visit the hork bajirs that they helped free however many books ago and jarahami is like let me tell you a story of my people of how the hork bajir became controllers and tobias is like that sounds a little heavy but okay so we dive into this story that takes place in the 1960s, a happening time, except out in space. <laughs> Everything is just business as usual. Real quick, before we get into the, the meat of this, uh-huh. in regards to the frame story, I did want to ask, is this just because we read this a little bit out of order and maybe something happens in the main series to make this make sense? Or was that, was it like a vision or like what? There were other Hork-Bajir there, right? Yeah, it seemed like it. But I, so I guess Hork-Bajir, well, you know, there were the two, there were the two Hork-Bajir and they had at least two kids, right? I but, thought they just had the one. Mm, Toby. Because there's, they'd had a baby. That was him or her cavorting beneath me. So like, that's the baby. And okay. then like a few paragraphs later... It's like, but to my surprise, I can now see that the caves were unused. Oh, yeah, maybe the Elemist is doing some magic. I don't know. Uh, but not just Jar Hami and Ket Halpek. There were a dozen or more Hork-Bajir there now, oh, all free. Many starting to raise families. 
So is this like we just kind of run it out of order and there's going to be more Herkbajir getting broken out of? Or like maybe are we just hand waving this? Maybe both. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I would I guess it's my headcanon right now that the Elemist is continuing to whisper into the Hork-Bajir's minds when okay. it's time to run. And now that they have a place to run too. Though I do question then why the Yerks haven't upped their security, but you know, whatever. They're the Yerks and they're stupid. The Yerks are very bad at this. <laughs> yes. They had they, the only species that they've been able to like hostily take over are these dumb dumb Hork-Bajirs. Yes. <laughs> I also okay. So now we're getting into the actual story. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned it has the Earth date written. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is 1966. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that happens here involves Ciro, who is like of Ciro's, Ciro's kindness. kindness. Yeah. Um, which all of you fanomorphs know what that is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, we find out a little later in this book that like, Apparently, the morphing technology is something the Animorphs just invented. Mm-hmm. And this, like, blew my fucking mind. Because I assumed those things were, like, crucial to Animorphs Me society. Me too. Right. Okay. So, like, I was like, this shit's only been going on for 30 years. Yes. It's like whole... computers in general. Yes. To I, was us. Like, I thought this whole battle with the Yerks was, like, a thousand year war that's been going on and has been fought across space and time and it's like nah this has been going on since the 60s like yeah and, and if that's what's happened in the 90s in, at this time like 30 years like the years are definitely gonna win if this is the case because <laughs> this is <laughs> they're doing okay. a lot of work in 30 years <laughs> the distance between the Animorphs' main timeline and all of this shit that kicked off with the Yerks it's as old is as the same, essentially, as the distance from the Animorphs' timeline to our current Yes, also timeline. true. <laughs> it's as old as I am. <laughs> yes, and I also liked how they were like, well, we don't really know if the morphing thing is going to catch on. And all the old people are like, oh, fooey, I'm not using that silly morphing thing. That's just for play. <laughs> And then now it's this major, like, everyone does it and needs it. But also, like, how the fuck did the Andalites get as good as they are where everyone's like, the Andalites are these amazing warriors of the galaxy and are, like, super cool and in charge of everything. It's like, literally their one thing that they had was that they can morph. So you're telling me that that's a thing that's only existed for 30 years and actually became the superpower because they have sharp tails? They're super smart, though, I guess. I don't know. See, my whole thing is, I don't know if everyone else feels the same way about the Andalites that the Andalites feel about the Andalites. Yes, 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 yes. I think they're kind of like, if you had to put them in a real-world context for us, they would be the people at the Olympics shouting, USA, Mm, USA. (laughs) (laughs) No, I take that back. They'd be the people nowhere near the Olympics at no, like, sporting event whatsoever, (laughs) just, like, randomly chanting USA, USA, while chugging their Budweiser's. This is what the Andalites are to me. (laughs) They're the ones at the beach in the summers with the American flag bikinis. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yep, mm -hmm. mm-hmm. And then when we had... So, again... 
parting the kimono, we do read two books at a time. And then we get to the next book and Axe's attitude. And you're just like, oh, these Andalites, they're so full of themselves. I'm so sick of them. Hey, listen, I have been saying from episode one, book one, that the Andalites are probably shit. And I feel like this book really this reinforced that proves viewpoint. that they're shit. Yeah, they might not be as evil as I thought they were back in book one, but they actually kind of are. They're, they kind of they're evil in their indifference. Yes. Yeah, so this book has three points of view. We have Aldrea, who's an Andalite. Doc Hami, who is a Hork-Bajir and like one, some amount of great-grandfathers of Jarahami. I think just grandfather. Just regular I grandfather? He, uh, yeah, I guess, I yeah, think, this was only 40 years ago. Yeah, I think Jarahami says uh, his that father his father, father told... His father was told by his father's father, which would have been Doc. Grandfather. I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, and yes, yeah, so he is a direct descendant of the Dakami. And then Esplin 9466, which is a Yerk. A Yerk who dreams of being an Andalite. Yes. <laughs> I wonder who this fucker is. Um, My Phantomorphs know. <laughs> Aldrea is the daughter of Ciro, who, as we know from Ciro's kindness, is the one that basically caused the Yerks to be able to leave their tiny primitive existence and go on to conquer species and races and planets and what have you. So everyone blames everything on poor Ciro, who was just too trusting. He was like, nah, dudes, the Yerks are fine. I will, you know, there is just these slugs living in pools and I'm going to give them the technology. I'm going to teach them about the stars and the galaxy and show them how pitiful their life is. And they're definitely not going to take advantage of that. Well, and I also think that in this book, there's kind of a hint and this might, you know what, actually, I want to put a pin in that and save that for serious theories, but I have a serious theory involving that. (laughs) (laughs) So this whole family is banished to a faraway planet, which is home to a simple alien race, the Hork-Bajir. Our beautiful idiot salad spinners. Yes, they're so sweet and so stupid. Um, Aldrea eventually becomes friends with Doc Hami, and also they're like kind of in love, but whatever. And the Hork Bajir consider Doc Hami uh, to be a seer, which basically means that he is different from the other Hork Bajir in some way. Um, spoiler alert, he's just smart, and he is <laughs> destined to lead or teach the Hork Bajir something important, something that will um, help advance their race in some way. So cool. Um, Aldrea begins to teach him about Andalite culture and things like math and how to speak and shit. And she also shows off her morphing technology, which, as we said, is still new and not many people know about it. And she's not supposed to have. She she's got not it, like, have it. on the DL. Yeah, she, like, she she downloaded that off of LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> but everything changed when the Yerk Nation attacked <laughs> Uh, so the Yerks find out about the Hork-Bajir race. Um, so they are stuck in the bodies of the Geds, which are like, to me are like just really fuzzy orange monkeys. Oh yeah. I totally picture them as just like jacked up orangutans with yes. like one short leg. Yeah. They got thing. one stump. That <laughs> they walk weird. Cause for some reason, one of their legs is shorter than the other, which like, and the author's just like, we don't know why. It <laughs> right. just is. Like, it's a world of 
whimsy and wonder. They're just Igors. A bunch of chimpanzee, not chimpanzee, orangutan Igors. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so they're tired of those bodies and they decide they they want to take over the Hork-Bajir because all they see when they look at the Hork-Bajir are bodies that are capable of creating new technology and blades. That's all they want, the blades. <laughs> and I just want to talk about how fucking stupid the Andalites are, though, because, like, extremely. they send Ciro and his family to this planet of Hork-Bajir, because essentially they're like, there's no way Ciro can fuck stuff up there. There's no way the Yerks would want these super great blade bodies. It's like, <laughs> what are you? This is This is the exact obvious. kind of thing they would want. Something that's easy to take over, has no defenses because they're so fucking stupid, and is made of knives. Honestly, I don't... (laughs) I question also, though, how the Yerk were able to find this specific alien race. Like, is this something the Andalites... Because they they have stolen Andalite ships from when they rebelled against the Andalites. Like, is this just something they have, like, on their Andalite Wikipedia? And it's, like, list of species that the Yerks haven't taken over yet and then the Yerks went on that because <laughs> it's just such a coincidence <laughs> in, in the whole universe I think also because they do mention they have tried a couple other dudes right because yeah, they've so- like taken over a couple ships out in space so the Andalites are like we're fighting against them against these ships and whatever because mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what the problems were because there were two other they had alien ones species. that were like they're they had a hive mind so that they couldn't okay. they didn't work and then the other ones was that they were able to take over their bodies but they were a nomadic race so right right so they were like the Andalites were like, it's fine. They're not going to genocide those guys. Yeah. Like, we'll just too, let them have those bodies else. for free. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, that's fine. That, that's, a, that's a gimme. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like, I guess it's kind of a coincidence, but like, they're clearly trying some shit. And I think that they mention at one point in one of Esplan's chapters, he's like, oh, we'd gotten the information from those ships that we took over too. Mm. So like, they're slowly amassing more, not just bodies, but like, info and what those um various different species would know of other species so i i would imagine that there's probably some yerk whose job is to go through all the files and cross-reference and figure Esplans, out probably well, yeah 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 because he's pretty low on the <laughs> he has book. such a hard on for andalites but he <laughs> here's what i would do if i was gonna send zero to a planet to banish him i would yes. send him to a planet where life had not fully evolved yet yes the end that's one option i also would consider sending him to and i know this is cheating because we don't know about these at this point that we read this um but the aliens that are introduced in the next book yeah could probably go hang out with them because they know that they're pretty much yerk proof and also um could easily see if Ciro was about to fuck some shit up. I exactly. <laughs> he need or you know what? Like, if you all are worried about what Ciro's getting up to, just leave him at home. Just give him an office job. Yes, what are honestly, we doing? he can file the paperwork that everyone is submitting from these planets. That's it, whatever. It does seem pretty wild that they're like, "Hey, this guy's so in incontrovert, not incontrovertibly, this guy's." so well this guy so completely ruined everybody's shit fucked everything up it possibly destroyed the galaxy but we're still gonna like keep him on board why not just just kill him firing him or killing him he's still a prince 
He's like a sub prince, I thought. Yeah, like, he's not a war prince from... anymore. But yeah, he's, they... they definitely still call him Prince Zero, which like yes, I think that he like was a prince, and then they demoted him to like under prince or something. They use a <laughs> title at some point that's like some qualification of yeah. prince. So anyway, basically sent the wrong person to do the to do this job. I mean, he didn't fuck anything up, to be fair. he uh, For the Yerks, yes. At, at Hork-Bajir land, no. This wasn't his <laughs> fault. They should, have, they should have just... If you... Okay. I'm in charge of the Andalites. Mm-hmm. And I see a very dangerous-looking species. Mm-hmm. Just, like, keep some guards there. Don't leave just a family. They're all convinced that the Hork-Bajir aren't dangerous because they're, like, non-violent. Like, that has fuck all like, to do with Yeah, anything. like, a Yerk is going to care about that when it's inside its brain. Yeah. Do you guys not understand how Yerks work? Maybe <laughs> they maybe they don't at this point. Like, that's that, the that thing, because be. this is so early on. Maybe they don't get that, like, the Yerks take you over completely. Because none of the Andalites have been through that at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So here's what's fair. So Ciro's kindness was mm-hmm. a shit thing. So why don't we name this, like, Aloran's fuck-up? man <laughs> Aloran's clerical mishap <laughs> Aloran's goof <laughs> and then like the way that they talk about Ciro's kindness where they're like oh you don't want to do that because of Ciro's kindness you know or whatever yeah. it would be the same thing they'd be like oh hey Tominance, did you uh file that paperwork we don't want another one of Aloran's goofs you know? <laughs> Never underestimate your opponents. Remember, Aloran's goof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Yerk Nation attacks. And yes. the Yerks decide that they want these hork for themselves. And Esplin 9466 desperately wants a host body. So he has been studying the Andalites to discover their weaknesses, hoping to prove himself useful one day. And um, he, in his research... Well, scratch that. He hopes that he'll be proven useful. Okay, let me regather my thoughts. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they're flying into the hork world. And bad timing, Ciro, in all his kindness, is sending out his daily update <laughs> to the Andalite home planet as these Yerks are in orbit. And the Yerks intercept the message. And they're like, oh shit, we gotta kill these Andalites. So, um... They do that. They go down and they shoot Ciro, Aldrea's mom, and Aldrea's brother. Aldrea's brother, who's like, who's just only play- characterization he's just- is he's a moody teen who's playing on the Andalite equivalent of a DS at all times. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he just got Animal Crossing. <laughs> he's over there, yeah, doing a Mario Kart, just wishing he had someone to play with <laughs> multiplayer. It's very sad. Aldrea sees all this happening because she and she and Dak were like fucking around in the woods. She was morphing and shit and they were running around and Aldrea sees these get and she's like, oh shit, the Yerks are here. We need to go. So she runs back to tell her family, no, don't send that message, but she's too late. They're dead. <laughs> and then the Yerks see her and they're like, well, let's make a clean job of it. Let's kill that one too. Um, and they give chase and one of these controllers is Esplin 9466. Um, and they're in Hork... Oh, I forgot to mention. They're in Hork-Bajir bodies. They've already taken over some of them. Hmm. 
So they're in the Hork-Bajir bodies, and Dak is like, what's going on? I don't know, like, I don't know what to do because these people are chasing me, and I don't know how to get away from them. They're, like, tackling me and punching me and stuff. What should I do? And Aldrea's like, fucking fight, dude. Just fight. Use your (laughs) blades and fight. (laughs) And this becomes the ruination of Dak, I guess. His loss of innocence. Yes, yes. It's it's a theme we've seen before with the Chi and Eric. Um, But I do feel like it was a little bit more upsetting here just because we're in Dak's head a lot of the time, right? Yes, and we know what's going to happen. Like, all of this is futile. It's not like a loss of innocence that results in him being able to save the day. It's just, like, sad and then sadder. (laughs) So so Dak takes one of his tree bark slicing blades and he just, like, cuts S19466 right up from, like, all the way up the spine and basically, like, cleaves this dude in half. Um, And then they run away to the Hork-Bajir villages. And Dak is like, let's warn my people and tell them to come with us and hide from these Yerks. And Aldrea's like, fuck that. We don't have time. We got to leave them here and just run away ourselves. Which, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to cut Aldrea some slack because she did just see her family get like vaporized in front of her this is true but this was so shitty though i appreciate that this book is a little bit more willing to have her be kind of an anti-hero than like the animorphs really are most Mm -hmm. of the time the animorphs are you know fighting for good and whatever and might have some moral conflict sometimes but i feel like aldrea is more set up as like we're all agreeing that aldrea is wrong at this point you know like She's very bad, and it yes. hurts Dak's feelings a lot. <laughs> it does. I will also say this was also the horniest of the Animorphs books so far. Because we had both um, Aldrea being, like, super wanting to fuck Dak, which was a thing. Dak wasn't really that interested in her, he I don't think, really for most of it. He didn't understand what he was feeling. Right. But then also Esplin was like, I'm in love with this girl, Andalite, and I will possess her body. And it's She's like, okay. beautiful, and I will be inside her. <laughs> it's like, uh, all right. It's uh, a lot. <laughs> going on here in this book for children yes <laughs> and, there, and we horn. also have a kind of kissing scene too oh yeah no it's a it is a kissing it's scene. like a it's hork bajir kiss i was gonna okay so it's a kissing scene but like you said a hork bajir kiss which is rubbing horns together which might actually by definition be hornier you know <laughs> <laughs> So Aldrea leads the Yerks to this Hork-Bajir village and dooms them. (laughs) Good job. Good job. And Dak is like, maybe you're not right all the time. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't listen to you so much. Maybe I'm beginning to understand complex shades of gray. Yes. So they run into this really, really deep canyon on this planet that the Hork-Bajir call Father Deep. And it's like a blue, misty sort of place full of monsters. And the Hork-Bajir and Ged Controllers follow them down there. And they're all attacked by the gross, hideous monsters that come out of the mist. And um, Aldrea and Dak are able to escape. Cool. 
So it's just the two of them. They go further into Father Deep and they discover like an entire civilization of, they were like bird slash flying squirrel people. Yeah, I really pictured them mainly as squirrels, like, just because it was cute. They were assholes like birds, though. That's true. Squirrels would not be this big of dicks. I don't know. Squirrels are pretty big dicks. But they're cute. Uh, mm, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They can't be dicks. They're cute. Well, as the arn demonstrate, I think they are more, because they're like the other animal that um, Aldrea morphed into the kadoo yeah i was gonna say chidu but i think that's wrong oh maybe um, it is chidu i don't know i don't but remember chadu that was described mainly as like a flying squirrel i think yes so i feel like and she says they're like bigger ch- chadu or whatever they were yeah so they're bigger cheetos so like bigger like cheetos she morphed into a cheeto and these guys are like cheeto puffs <laughs> I don't know. I was I was picturing like Halucha from Pokemon. A reference you're not gonna get. No, I'm going through. I'm going through. It's H A W Pokemon files in my head. No, I'm just going through my I think I know what that one is. I think. I'm not gonna look it up. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Is that was that Um, a starter one? That's not starter. No, no, no. He's from I think uh X and Y, maybe. But he's basically like a a wrestling bird, but he's got like these arm these feathers and grabby arms. Okay. I legs that are normal and not bird legs. I do not like him. I just looked him up. He is not a friend. Yeah, that's what I think the Arn are. Hmm. They're See, called I was the picturing more. I was thinking a different Pokemon that I don't know the name of because mm. I tapped out after like Pokemon Yellow, uh, <laughs> but I've seen on the internet. Let me see if I can find him real quick. Okay. Yes. Okay. Emolga. That's what I was picturing them Who? as, but less smiley. Emolga. Oh, let me see. Let me refresh my memory. Oh, it's so cute. It's very cute. Yeah, no, that wasn't it. I like that one though. Hmm, I want one. So they meet <laughs> the these arms. Pokemon talk. Thank you for joining us for our, <laughs> our Pokemon um, podcast. The Arn revealed that they have lived on this planet for thousands and thousands of years until a meteor struck the planet, and they had to escape underground to live. And they discovered that by cultivating the trees on the surface of the planet, they could control the atmosphere enough to make this place livable. So, can you see where I'm going with this? The Arn created the hork Bajir to tend to their trees and made them purposefully stupid. (laughs) Except for, they couldn't completely eradicate the intelligence gene, whatever that is. And one in every 10,000 hork Bajir are born... Like Dak to be smart. <laughs> this is a very there. There's a lot. I feel like I feel like the problem I was having with this book was I kept trying to read it as a metaphor for like real world stuff, and I don't mm. think it translates well because of like 
obvious reasons but like I kept trying to be like okay is this like a metaphor for like is this an allegory for colonialism is this an allegory for Mm. like disability you know like and I feel like it's not any of those (laughs) and I was trying (laughs) way too hard and it made me uncomfortable (laughs) I think it's just assholes are assholes anywhere in the universe Mm mm-hmm um, but they also, the Arn also created all the gross, hideous monster creatures found in Father Deep um, in an attempt to keep the hork from ever discovering their creators, which is super cool. There should have been a better way for the Arn to, like, accomplish that rather than fill their planet with scary big monsters, like, kind of like Westworld it, you know, and make it so they just can't see them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, like... Be like a celestial godlike presence to them or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess if you if you existed at all in the situation, if they didn't mm-hmm. hide themselves, then it might turn into more of like a clear and obvious slave situation, mm. in which case your slaves might eventually rise up against you, you know? Whereas this way it's kind of like the slaves don't know that they're slaves and they're not like I don't know. It's weird because it's like they're not like slaves in the sense that they're getting commands and being told to do stuff. But like at the same time. And I mean, it's not like they don't have free will either. It's just that their free will is biologically programmed to only care about eating bark, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you if you create a species and you get don't you take away their ability to think. Like what? There's lots of layers here. <laughs> how how cruel is that? Right. And it's like, so like genetically modified stuff is a thing. And like, we as humans have done that, you know, like mm-hmm. for sure. Like, I mean, if you think about dogs and how we've bred dogs. No, I'm do... sorry. Dogs are aliens. Oh, you're right. I forgot. <laughs> dogs are alien. Um, no, but I mean, like, is that inherently immoral to like change anything? In, or, like, I don't think it is. I think genetically modifying stuff is fine and... Well, you know, within reason. Unless you're getting into, like, the purebred, like... Right, but that's... Yeah. yeah. So then, like, obviously it crosses a point where it becomes, like, a problem. But then, yeah. like... So I guess I guess my question is, why did they... Why did they make giant salad spinners? Why didn't they just, like... Make robots. Make... make ro- well, they said that they're good at biology, but I was gonna say, like, make yeah. a moss or something that eats the trees. Oh, that's you know? true. Yeah, yeah! Like, why did they so have to... they're so good at biology... Why did they have to make them have any thoughts at all? Why did it have that was just like a flex on their part. They're like, right. well, we could make a moss or we could make some sort of like toxin, but we're gonna make a whole people. If they know <laughs> how the tree needs to be like cultivated or whatever, why don't they just fucking do it themselves? Cause the toxic atmosphere. Oh. Is- hmm. I guess I guess they couldn't like alter their own biology why didn't they alter their own biology i don't know because they definitely do later in the book they're like oh we altered our biology to be immune to yerks <laughs> share that with the hork bajir you assholes like what the fuck aren't our bad news bears aren't are the most garbage I think. they're awful um Dak is reeling from the information that he is 
basically just a tool. Um, but he and Aldre are able to strong arm the Arn into helping them fight the Yerks by using the hideous monster things. Because I guess those are controlled like with the mind. Mm-hmm. So they just plug themselves into whatever that mainframe was and they take these monsters up to the surface and they attack a Kendrona pool that the Yerks have set up on the surface of the planet and destroy it. And Aldrea is able to get on a Yerk ship and send out a message to the Andalite home planet warning them about this Yerk invasion. And she also like kind of teaches the other Hork-Bajir how to fight by leading them with this chant of like, do what he does, do what he does. And like pointing at Dak as Dak is fighting. So she just like weaponizes this whole race herself to, for her own means as Dak points out to her later on. And Dak is also like, very very upset about this whole situation because he's supposed to be leading his people and they all trust him and whatever Mm -hmm. and he's turning them into weaponry tools of destruction yeah and well and he even says like aldrea like it's all well and good for you to say we should all like take up arms and fight but these aren't your people they're my people so maybe take a step back and let me decide some things for my people i'm the seer and she's like no fuck you And I don't understand why he still loves her at the end of this book, because she was complete trash to him and his species. Well, she does have, like, a come-to-Jesus moment. A little bit, but, like, after years of this. (laughs) (laughs) So, for about seven months, Aldrea and Dak lead this guerrilla war against the Yerks, and they're quickly losing soldiers. However... And the light task force so it finally comes out to help out, but they didn't send a large body of warriors because they were like, that's a girl. She doesn't know what she's talking about. So LOL. Well, and cause it's specifically Ciro's daughter. Ciro's daughter. Yeah. They're like, she's probably stupid like her dad, but more so because she's a girl. Cause that was the other thing that this book introduced was that, uh, Andalite society is apparently super sexist. Yes. Yep. Women can't be warriors. They can only be scientists, which <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> or, like, what were the other jobs she gave? Like, it was scientist or, like, artist. So yeah, or, like, like, a designer, like, yeah. a planet design. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, a yeah. creative field or a scientific field were, like, yeah. the two things that women are expected to do. Which, I mean, like, I appreciate that it was not, like, as straight straight up as, like, eh, the men are warriors and the women raise the babies. Like, I like that it pushed that dichotomy a little bit but it is still pretty lame that it's yeah still but and the women just aren't the same like genetically they're not capable of fighting as well as men are because they're women (laughs) (laughs) but as aldrea points out that's bullshit because they all fight with guns now they can morph (laughs) they can be anything she could become a male andalite which she does later on spoiler alert but anyway which they should all do they should all just have one anonymous andalite that they all become one one really buff andalite (laughs) um anyway the andalites help them fight for another year or so but again they are starting to lose badly and dak is becoming more and more bitter about shit and disillusioned about the andalite race and basically he's like you guys think you're so much better than everyone else and you come and you bring us these things like your your computers, your technology, your information about the galaxy and math. Um, and then you just like leave us and you don't really give us any sort of infrastructure to how to deal with these things that you've brought down upon us. And 
you don't see us as your equals. You see us as inferior to you, even though it's my race that's doing a bulk of this fighting in this race or in this war. And Andrea's like, mm, you're right. He also brings up the very good point that like the Andalites are, and I, I, this might be a little bit later in the book, but like he brings up the point that the Andalites are like, oh, the Hork-Bajir are stupid, so they're, like, not worth anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, cool, but, like, look at what these intelligent races are doing. Like, yeah. the Andalites have destroyed the galaxy. The Yerks are eating other people's brains. The Arns have biologically constructed a slave race. Like, we're not doing that shit. Like, yeah, we're, we were happy. <laughs> we're in the moral high ground here, so I don't know. Maybe, like, being smart isn't that we Good didn't even thing. know what fighting was. We were so dumb and peaceful. <laughs> Eventually, Dak and Aldrea notice that the Andalites seem to be guarding something in the Arn city where they're staying. And um, in order to find out what it is, Aldrea morphs into Alaran, who's the head Andalite that's there, and tricks her way into this room that the Andalites are guarding. And they discover that the Andalites have created some sort of poison that is designed to just wipe out the hork race completely. Cool. cool, cool, cool. Very cool. Just a little light genocide. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and Aldrea finally has, like you said, her, her coming to Jesus moment. And she's like, oh, this is bad. So she betrays the Andalites and she and Dax steal this poison and run away with it. Now, she, she realizes this is bad, but she also kind of is like, well, this is just Aloran. Like, Aloran's a dick. And oh, yeah. Like, no, my whole people aren't. My dad wasn't like this. And it's like, okay, you're like 50% of the way there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it ever actually gets resolved if Aloran had, like, clearance from higher up to do this or not. But, like, I definitely feel like he did, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think that Aloran would have come up with this idea. He was no. kind of just, like, muscle, right? Yeah. <laughs> And so. also, like, they pulled this together real fast. I bet this isn't the first time they've done this shit. Yeah, no. I mean, when you think about it, they're sitting in this position, like, what's one sentient species when the whole galaxy or whole universe is right. at stake? Which, uh, I mean, like, from from a war standpoint, like, it's it's not a bad strategy, right? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. it makes sense what they're trying to do. Like, they don't want the... Uh, Yerks to have this weapon because that's essentially what the Hork-Bajir are, right? Is a mm-hmm. weapon. And it's like, okay, they can get rid of the Hork-Bajir without any like the Arn will be safe, the Andalites will be safer, the rest of the galaxy won't have to deal with like Hork-Bajir slicing at them, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it is good from that standpoint and we've seen this kind of like debate before of like Should we just let all the old people in the hospitals die to coronavirus so the rest of us can live our lives normally? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think this book and probably us land on the no, that's that's not an okay decision. Yeah. Yeah. No, we are also not advocating for that. (laughs) So, yeah. So she's like not coming to full terms with what her her race has done here but she's trying she's doing her best i guess for for all of this coming at her at once so she's in her freshman year at college and she took a class on critical theory and race theory intro to philosophy yes (laughs) she's learning so they run away and as they're running they end up like I don't know. I was like kind of skimming this part, but yeah, a little bit. They were running. She jumped. They jump on from somewhere high up to 
to somewhere down lower, and it's on top of a spaceship. And inside that spaceship is Esplin 9466. And he has made it his goal to have Aldrea as a host. Um, or any Andalite, really, but Aldrea specifically, because he has figured out that in the Yerk hierarchy, the better your morph is, or the better your host is, the better standing you'll have. Right. So, he captures them. There's an altercation. Um, Esplin is about to enter Aldrea's ear canal, but is yanked out, and then the spaceship crashes, and the toxin is accidentally released. And I don't think I mentioned earlier, Aldrea morphed into a hork so she can help carry the canister holding this poison right, <laughs> as they run right. away. So she's, she's a hork a female hork A female hork most importantly. There's no homo. <laughs> <laughs> the poison's released, and then at this point, they have no choice but to flee back into Father Deep, where the toxin won't reach for a while. But I guess everyone else is fucked. I don't know. Or they're taken off planet by the Yerks. I don't know. But it's been two hours. Aldrea is now stuck as a hork permanently, and she and Dak decide to have a go at it. Become a couple, have some kids. The first one's named Ciro. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> that Harry Potter ending there. Um. Yep, Ciro, Albus, Severus. And <laughs> Esplin9466 somehow gets away, and surprise, he's Visser 3. Which we um, find so out he- from, from Jarahami in the epilogue, because we have to go back to the frame. Mm-hmm. The frame here of this is supposedly a story that Jarahami has told Tobias, but like we have heard, we Jarahami. have three points of view. Like. <laughs> three points of view. One of them is from Esplin, who is a year who has never talked. It to was Visser three, yeah. Um, and also like Jarahami has had dialogue in this book, and it is quite disjointed. So I cannot imagine how exactly the story was actually transmitted to Tobias. Yeah, I don't know. But, and also on the point of the Visser 3 thing, there was like this tease at the end of one of his chapters where he was mm-hmm. like talking about how Aldrea was so beautiful as she was leading the charge to the Candrona pools. He's yes. like, I had to admire her. And then I would tell her so when I became her, her controller or whatever. Yes, yes. But he never did. So, like, when did he, he didn't tell become her that? his controller? Her controller. In like the two seconds, he was almost inside her brain, and he was like, "I love you," and then he was pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying he didn't do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when would he have? He didn't have exactly. So why did they say that in the book? Because they wanted to add some weird psychosexual vibes to this book for children. I was about to go back to that book where Visser Three almost dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and figure out what that animal or what that Andalite's name was, but then I was too lazy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Andrea. It's definitely it's not a, this person. I think it's it's, it's a, a male Andalite. Yeah, it's it? a dude yeah. Andalite. Um, so yeah, that was like a total like unnecessary tease. Yeah. Um, but and, and also back in the present, Jarahami is like, we have a daughter, and we named her Toby after you, Tobias, and also she's smart. She's one of the she's special. A seer. Yeah. So cool, I guess. Yeah, we'll see if that comes back. Probably won't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this was this was a pretty solid entry, which I mean for for being a not in the main series, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't really expecting much, but this was this was very good. Yeah, I think I like this better than a lot of the 
main series books we've been Truth. getting. True. Um, well, the, the different points of view, like we got the Yerks who we've not yes. heard from or known a lot about. We got a lore lot of lore, like a mm-hmm. ton of lore in this book. So much, so much. But good, like I liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to put up with Jake. There was no Jake. There was no cockroaches or flies or termites. It was so good. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, we would normally do our segments here, but like most valuable morph is kind of. I got I got more. stuff for the other two, though. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just we'll just kind of table that for next. Fortnite. Well, let's say most valuable morph. Uh, most valuable. I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other. Whose point of view did you like the best? Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Um, my favorite of the three was Doc. Mm -hmm. I think he was, uh, interesting, very complex character, had like a lot of conflicting emotions and wasn't a jackass like Aldrea kind of was. I also yeah. really did enjoy Esplin stuff, just not too. because I liked Esplin that much, but because I've been saying for it's ages, so I want more Yerks. I want to know more about the Yerks. So that was yes. great. And I loved it because it, it describes like the process of how the Yerks like travel. Like they mm-hmm. have this, this um, toxin that they use to like yes. numb and expand the ear canal so that they can wiggle their way in. And it talked about the experience of going from the slug to being a bipedal the, person the thing scene, with eyes and yeah nose. yeah yeah the scene it's where so he gets um implanted i guess for the first time and gets mm. to see things for the first time was like that's so good yeah and like i was like okay i kind of get the yerk's point of view a little bit here because mm-hmm. it's like they have these bodies that like basically don't do shit and then they have the opportunity to take other bodies that do a lot of shit it's like yeah of course you would want that right right which and i understand that this why this isn't part of the main series but i really wish it was because i feel like this is some context that could be otherwise lost to the reader if they didn't yeah we'll see if any of it gets like repeated or comes up in other books it might yeah that'd be something to keep an eye on okay so Speaking of stuff in the other books, I do want to talk about serious theories for a minute here because I got okay. a couple. Um, okay. And okay. I think they're actually pretty solid theories. Sometimes I'm pulling shit out of my ass. Sometimes I'm just trying to locate where these animorphs are. But I think these are actual <laughs> guesses as to where this book series is going to go. Okay. Okay. Um, one thing I want to, what the first one I want to mention um, is the thing that I was talking about earlier when I was like, I'll put a pin in that. The... Other Andalites, when when they're talking about Ciro and like talking shit about Ciro, and Ciro's like, I, I how was I supposed to know they were the Yerks seem so chill like it's not they my fault. promised me they promised that they were gonna be chill and he brings up the fact that since this group of Yerks has like gotten on the ships and pieced off the Yerk planet, the other Yerks on the Yerk planet are all still chill like they're not trying mm. shit they're all mm. behaving. And the other Andalites are like, well, yeah, because we have a bunch of fucking ships there with guns pointed at them. But my theory is that eventually the Yerks are going to go back or like bring in their home planet and be like, hey, home planet, we're doing such a good job, right? And the Yerks there are going to be like, what the fuck, you guys? What are you doing? (laughs) You know, we don't have TV down here. We couldn't keep up with your exploits. And they're going to be like, this was a, this was. 
this was a bad plan. You shouldn't have done this. And the Yurks that are at the Yurk home planet are going to be like super chill and like nice. Like they're going to be like, they're They're going to be like, like, they are earnestly like, Ciro was so kind. Ciro was so kind and we appreciated him (laughs) so much. But then these other Andalites are kind of being dicks and like forcing martial law on us. And uh-huh. like we because just want to, guys, we just want to be in our orangutan friends. We're <laughs> we're tired of of self isolating. Can we please come go off our planet? Now? Please, please let us off this planet, please. <laughs> um, so that's my first theory. My second theory relates again to the Yerks and specifically to Esplin slash mm-hmm. Visser Three. Um, we're told multiple times in this book that Visser Three Esplin is one of a twin, a set mm-hmm. of twins. And it's see we don't he's the we don't primary get, twin. Yeah, he's the primary twin. We don't get any info on that other twin. Mm-mm, we don't know what happened to them. We don't know They're... what's not mentioned at all. We know that Visser or that Esplin is part of a set of twins, but like he doesn't interact with that twin. They were goofing off on the planet for one minute. Yes, yes. <laughs> Here's my theory: that twin and him shit goes south as he becomes more and more obsessed with the Andalites. That twin also rises through the ranks. That twin is Visser One. <gasps> that would be so good. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so good. Uh, and I might just be thinking this a little bit because we have read the next book in the series, and that book spoiler does feature Visser One a lot, so Visser One is on my mind. But but they do have an intense rivalry. They have a very intense rivalry, and we have been given no reason for it aside from, I guess, just Visser Three wants more power. But like that also doesn't really seem like Visser Three's like vibe, right? Like he's right. he's not like a angry dude about stuff. He's not well. He is, but he's he's, <laughs> he's not got like, a lot of anger. <laughs> he, yeah, he's got a whole lot of whole mess of stuff going on. But like he's not like like he's very cold in his like approach to rising through the ranks right Mm -hmm. he it's weird to me that he's so personally invested in viscer one and i think Mm -hmm. it's because him and viscer one are twins and some shit went down yeah that would explain it because you would think like they're very respectful of their hierarchy i guess Mm -hmm. like i mean no, we'll, we'll, we need to table this until we talk about the next book because yes. there are some details I want to get into now to to bounce off of this theory. Okay, here, so. okay. We and will return, that. come back in two weeks to find out more about this series theory. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a morbid moment for this one? I mean, my whole my morbid moment was this whole book. Let's be yeah, real. It's just fair. this like destruction of innocence in Doc Hami and the Hork-Bajir yeah. and how they can come out of this the at, like Jarahami and whatever his wife's name is can come out of this and still revert back to that peaceful and gentle race of salad spinners. <laughs> just beautiful, stupid salad spinners. Yeah. That's just so like you can just there's fighting being at war is just so against their nature. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just so sad to think about. And they're in their bodies watching all this shit go down. Yeah. Man, that's rough. That's rough, man. What about you? Um, Mine was kind of for the series as a whole, I guess. And I might be wrong about this, but I think this is the first book where we have seen a character die. Like a character who has a name and like mm. has interacted with the, like so Ciro and yeah, the rest and the family. of Aldrea's family like had lines in this book like we knew they who they were like that. this is 
as much as like this is a book that deals with or a book series that deals with uh deeper themes and whatever there hasn't really been that much death right Mm -hmm. like they've occasionally smushed some controllers i don't think they've killed any human controllers except for that one dude that like horse cassie killed in book one (laughs) that police (laughs) officer (laughs) unnamed police officer may you rest in peace right right and then like everybody else like they're all worried about their families and stuff dying but like the Herks haven't really killed anybody but this is i think the first time that we saw a character that we as the audience have gotten to know to some extent and has like a relationship with the other characters that we theoretically care about like yeah gets straight up vaporized yeah like, yeah this this book really does like so the bandalites are like yeah we're at war with the yerks but this book it's like no we're at fucking war with right. the yerks and it gets very realistic at times like yeah. these i guess civilians cuz they're not war ready yeah just are exploded and i mean i guess like in the main series things haven't come to that point yet right like everything is still Mm. supposed to be secret so i guess that kind of explains why the yurks haven't like killed a bunch of people because they're still trying to be on the dl but like in this it was like no they don't they don't give a shit yeah yeah that's true Mm. this was this was such a good book Mm. All right. I guess we're done with it now, though. Yes. Never to revisit it ever again. Except in two weeks when we come back and talk about your series theory. We can't forget. If we forget. Boy, how embarrassing. Egg on our (laughs) face, right? It's never happened before where we say we're going to talk about a thing later in the series and then definitely don't. Um, Definitely forget about it. (laughs) That's going to be it for this episode. Uh, We will be back with Animorphs in two weeks from today with Mm -hmm. our next Morph Monday, which is going to be Animorphs number 15, the noun. The escape. The escape. Before that, um, next week we will be reading King of Shadows by Susan Cooper as part of our uh, listener submitted unit from Elliot. Thank you, Elliot. Elliot. So come on by uh, next week for that. In the meantime, if you have any submissions for us, if you want to talk to us about your Animorph series theories, or if you just want to chat, you know, it's it's getting a little bit hard to connect with people in these trying times. So if you need to reach out, feel free. You can email us, shelfawarecast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at shelfawarecast. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should, because we are definitely going to talk about that series theory in two weeks. So you want to (laughs) be back for that. Definitely. A hundred percent. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't use Apple Podcasts, it's okay, because you can talk about us anywhere on the internet that you would like. In the words of K.A. Applegate, When a commander has been incapacitated due to injury or mental defect, his subordinates may relieve him. (laughs) Alloran quoted from the regulations. What mental defect? My father demanded. Stupidity. (laughs) Burn! (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was a good one. There, 
in this book, they talk about how the Hork-Bajir kiss, and they also explain how Andalites kiss. Uh-huh. And it's really good. Did you catch it? They just, like, touch, they stroke their face they stroke with their, their Okay, you're doing, you're doing the side of the face. I uh-huh. am certain it is down the front of their face. Oh, that's true, because they don't have mouths. It's just, like, blank space there. Yeah, so they just go, like that. Uh, oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that's a funny visual. I also, I want to go back through and see if um there have been any mentions of uh, uh, our boy Axe caressing any any other uh, leaders of the Animorphs' faces. Jake. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We're going to get that moment later on. And, yeah. and, and like, we'll the readers know. who haven't delved as deep as we have will be like, why is Axe always touching Jake's face? And we'll be like, oh, we know. We know. <laughs> 